Good morning. Welcome in the name of Jesus. So many wonderful conversations going on, I hate to interrupt them, but... Congratulations to you brave souls who gave up an extra hour of sleep. Brave the inclement weather to be here in church. That's wonderful. Pastor Brian and Jane are away attending a 90th birthday celebration for a lovely lady who he always affectionately calls his second mom, the mother of his best friend throughout his entire childhood, and he spent more time at her house than he did at his. And so they are um, in Pacifica today with that. Uh, we wish them safe travels. Today's the third Sunday in Lent, and we're going to look at a familiar passage in John chapter 4, which is the gospel lesson where Jesus interacts with the Samaritan woman. As is always the case, there are new lessons to be gleaned from even the most familiar passages of Scripture. One guideline consistently commended to hikers is the importance of bringing along sufficient water for the journey. It is important to be refreshed and revitalized along the way wherever our paths may take us. As we gather for worship, our gracious God refreshes us here in this place, where, as American hymnist Christopher Wordsworth beautifully phrased it, gospel light is glowing with pure and radiant beams, and living water flowing with soul-refreshing streams. As we join in worship, our cups run over with that living water. Once again, we are renewed and satisfied and made ready for the journey, to journey further in the name of the Lord. We sing our first hymn. You may remain seated.
please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Almighty God, we know and admit that we are sinners. We are conceived and born sinful. And we add on to that burden of sin throughout our lives by our heedless thoughts, careless words, and loveless deeds. Indeed, we deserve God's punishment now and eternally. When we reflect honestly on our lives, we readily see that we need repentance and renewal that can only come through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us then make confession to our gracious God. Almighty God, we repent of our sin in thought and in word and in deed. You know too well our failings and our transgressions. Be merciful to us, and for the sake of Jesus, grant us your forgiveness so that, as your redeemed people, we may find rest in you and with refreshed hearts serve you in time and in eternity. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given his only Son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. Amen. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and who are My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at her altar. O Lord, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. The hymns of the season of Lent and Holy Week come from many sources from folk songs and spirituals such as Were You There? to recently written narrative songs such as When You Woke That Thursday Morning. In the Lenten cantata, The Crucifixion, written in 1887, writer William J. Sparrow Simpson focused on the substitutionary nature of Christ as he affirmed that, Jesus, that indeed Jesus was crucified by sin for me reflecting on how Jesus gave his life on the cross of Calvary to pay the debt we could not pay as our perfect substitute 
Together we sing the Lenten hymn, Cross of Jesus, Cross of Sorrow. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, source of all power and restorer of health and life, draw us ever closer to you and supply us with the living water that will quench our great thirst for time and for eternity. This we ask in the name of Jesus, who offered himself as our Savior and our Redeemer. Please be seated. Good morning. Uh, The Old Testament lesson for this Sunday is Exodus from Exodus chapter 17 beginning with verse 1. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages. According to the commandment of the Lord, encamped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt 
to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst. So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with his people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with you, with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand there before you on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Masa Meribah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, the Lord is not, by saying, the Lord among us or not. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, for one who will For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the Holy Gospel. Very pretty, William. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the fourth chapter. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, 
a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who was called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated.
Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The last time I had the opportunity to deliver a sermon to you, I brought you a message from Malachi that was heavy in law about how not to get burned in the fire of judgment. Wasn't that a fun one? This message is from today's gospel lesson in John chapter 4. One of the gifts of the technological revolution is that of communication. Sometimes that's a blessing, and sometimes not so much so. We've probably all watched a group of young people sitting together in a restaurant, each of them with their noses buried in their cell phones instead of talking with each other. But today, we are fortunate to be able to communicate over greater distances with more people in a shorter time than has ever been possible. That means no more five-day mail service via Pony Express between St. Joseph, Missouri and Sacramento, California. Is it really faster today? No more tin cans and string. I remember that one. No more regular mail letters, affectionately called snail mail for obvious reasons, between parents and college students or family and military personnel. Today we have cell phones, conference calls, Skype, Zoom. Did you know that during the pandemic, most of the church meetings were done over Zoom? We have email, texting, Twitter, Google, Instagram, and the list keeps growing. With all the marvelous marvels of communication in today's society, Still one of the most precious gifts is personal conversation. Sitting down with someone over dinner, coffee, or a cold drink, and really talking. We long to be able to share with others on a deeper level than just about sports, the weather, or politics. We crave to be known and to know. The greatest conversation that has ever taken place was God speaking to humankind in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ. In the conversation between God and humanity, God revealed himself to us. We saw God clearly and understood him in a deeper sense. We knew God more intimately. Our beliefs about God were changed as we discovered God's unwavering love, overwhelming grace, and unconditional forgiveness. During that conversation, God also gained a clear understanding of the human condition. Jesus was true man and experienced life in the same way that we do. This conversation was earth-shaking, literally, and life-transforming. One way we communicate God's love in church is through music. One of the most popular hymns of all time is, I walk 
in the garden alone. Most of us can sing the lyrics from memory. While some people may consider this hymn rather old-fashioned, it touches us right in the heart and conveys our universal desire to have a close, intimate, personal relationship with God our Creator. We might rightfully call these conversations garden moments. In our gospel text today, we observe Jesus and a Samaritan woman having a garden moment. Jesus helps the woman to see who she really is, and we see her through the mission eyes of Jesus. She is a sinner, but more importantly, she is a forgiven sinner. The woman also sees Jesus for who he is, the long-awaited Messiah. This garden moment was life-changing for the Samaritan woman. Like the woman at the well, Jesus has personal conversations with us, if we'll listen. He looks at us through his mission eyes in the quiet times of prayer. Jesus whispers assurances of his love in our ear. Jesus strengthens us in difficult times and comforts us in times of grief. He points out areas of our life that are not pleasing to him and directs our paths. We are never the same because of our garden moments with Jesus. The Holy Spirit uses those times to mold us into the image of God. It is important for us if we are to pass on our faith to have caring conversations with others, to look at them through the very eyes that look at us, the mission eyes of Jesus. In our hustle and bustle world, this is not easily done because we feel like there is no time for it. Also, let's be honest, we are often hesitant to share our faith. It is often as uncomfortable a topic to share as sex or finances. The kingdom of God, though, is spread through personal relationships. There are times when simply listening is what makes a conversation great and the experience transforming. Sometimes conversations are accomplished in total silence. It's like St. Francis once said, preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. At other times, conversations take place during various activities. No matter what the setting of the conversation is, it is an opportunity for lives to be touched with God's love and grace. We'll never know who in our circle of friends is watching us to see if we are walking the walk and not just being a Sunday-only Christian. When we look at today's gospel reading, we see a woman who is broken. She has experienced rejection in her personal and public life. She knows that people around her love highlighting her flaws to each other. She knows that she shouldn't be talking alone with a man, much less a Jewish man, but she still needs water to live. 
So she approaches the well. This will at least give her some short-term refreshment. And she does this at a time of day when she thought no one would be around to avoid her having to experience any embarrassment. The rest of the women in the village gather together to visit or gossip while they draw water, but she is not welcome to join them. So what does Jesus do at the well? He showed her that he loves her and wants her to be part of his family. It is an action of love to highlight to the Samaritan woman and to us that God accepts you with all your flaws, with all your bad habits, with all your burdens and worries. And he has given and continues to give to you as he gave to the woman at the well, the gift of eternal life. So Jesus looks at us with the same eyes that he looked at the Samaritan woman and brings us from a state of brokenness, of being burdened, to a state of being accepted by God, of being comfortable with God, to being welcomed and reconciled with God. After talking with Jesus, the woman at the well returned to her hometown and looked at others with the same eyes and talked with them. She did not sweet talk them or even preach to them. The woman simply told others what Jesus had said and done to her. We all have mouths to share the story of Jesus. Two ears to listen to the stories of others, and hands and feet to back up our words with actions. When all of these are a part of our caring conversations, when we look at others through the mission eyes of Jesus, the faith is passed on to others. Lives are changed, and God is glorified. Amen. Please rise. As we reflect on how God intersects with his people at the crossroads of life and graciously meets their physical and spiritual needs, we speak the first article of the Apostles' Creed and its meaning as is set forth in the small catechism, which relates the loving work of God the Father for us. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe in God.
this is most certainly true. Let us pray for the whole church. Gracious Father, we ask your blessing on all in your church throughout the world. Fill the church with all truth and peace. Where there is error, reform it. Where it is in need, supply it. Where it is right, strengthen and confirm it. And where it is in conflict, heal divisions. Lord, in your mercy. We pray this day for the fellowship of faith and love that we enjoy as God's baptized and holy people, asking that we may gather for worship with great joy and full anticipation of the blessings of God that come to us through it. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for those who serve in leadership positions in our national synod, in our district, and in our local congregation, that God may work among us through their examples and that we grow in devotion and dedication in Jesus' name. Lord, in your mercy. We make petitions for the sick, the shut-in, the sorrowing, and those undergoing hardships or challenges, and all that who this day need our prayers, especially Bob Roth as he battles COVID, Penny Downing as she recovers from a fall, the family of Bob Gaines upon his passing from this life. We offer thanksgiving for the successful surgery for Juliet Thompson and for all others on our hearts and minds today, that their prayers may be soon answered and that they be supported by God's people as they experience his good and gracious will for their lives. Lord, in your mercy. We pray that our lives be offerings of the best that we have and are in response to the great offering of our Lord Jesus for us on the cross. And that what we give of our time, talent, and treasure for the work of the Lord bring blessing to many. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, since you have given us great at this grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications to you and have promised that when two or three are gathered in your name you will give ear to their requests fulfill now O Lord the desires and petitions of your servants as may be best for them granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the world to come life everlasting through Jesus Christ your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. And into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In his letter to the Romans, Paul asks his readers, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? As it was at work on the cross, the grace of God is at work in holy baptism. In his large catechism, Luther writes of baptism, so you see plainly 
that there is no work done here by us, but a treasure which God gives us, and faith grasps. It is like the benefit of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross, which is not a work, but a treasure included in the word. It is offered to us and received by faith. English hymn writer Isaac Watts captured that sense of an appreciation of the wonderful and mysterious work of God in the crucifixion as he wrote the cherished hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, most recently adapted by Chris Tomlin and Matt Redman. Please be seated.
Please rise. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And now we bless you that in Jesus Christ, who shares our humanity with us, you have shown us complete and limitless love. Grant us grace to carry out the special designs you have for our lives with whatever challenges or hardships there may be that we remain steadfast in hope throughout our earthly lives, awaiting the final coming of our Lord in glory and the fullness of the heavenly kingdom. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated.
Please rise. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your great love for us is beyond comprehension. We thank you for granting us peace, pardon, and comfort at your blessed table, where we find refreshment and renewal. Strengthen us through what we have here received, and keep us steadfast throughout our pilgrimage on earth, bringing us to the eternal banquet in your kingdom. This we ask through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.
You may be seated. I'm sure that next week you'll all be sure to um, tell the pastor how much he was missed. I know I will. <laughs> Are there any announcements? As many of you, I hope, have noticed that during the Lent season, we have no flowers up on the altar. Well, that will all change come Easter Sunday when we celebrate. And uh, with that celebration are Easter lilies. So we want to let everyone know that we'll have Easter lilies that you can donate $10, and you can put it in one of the envelopes that's in the pew, mark on their Easter lilies. And at the end of service that day on Easter, you will be able to pick up an Easter lily. So if you do one of them or two of them, you can pick up whatever you, you donate. Also, beginning that weekend, the flower chart will start back up. It's hanging in the coffee shop, so be sure to look and see what weeks are available to sponsor flowers for that particular week. And also, this message will be in the messenger just in case you need a reminder. So Jason will have that in later this week and for the next couple of weeks. Thank you, and have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you, Dave. You're all welcome to join us for coffee and snacks in the coffee room. Not that any of us needs coffee. Bob Gaines' funeral is tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. Lois Busby is 99 years old today. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lois. Happy birthday to you. I hope she has the opportunity to watch this and see that happen. That's wonderful. LWML today at noon. Yes. I didn't get pastor's notes, so I didn't. <laughs> okay, uh, there will be adult Bible study in the fellowship hall, uh, high school Sunday school in the conference room, and junior high Sunday school in the youth room. Go in peace and serve the Lord.